My name is Tene Sommer, and this is Marbella Life. I'll be talking to some of my friends and interesting people to find out more what it's like to live and work here. My fourth guest is the lovely Gretel, originally from my home country, Estonia, who first came to Marbella back in 2006. She started working as a hostess in one of the best beach clubs here, called Nikki Beach, and worked her way up to being the global director of strategic projects and partnerships worldwide. I'm digging deep into her mindset and how she got there, plus, of course, expanding to her life in Marbella. Enjoy! And suddenly I was barely 20. I had a company credit card with a 2 million euro limit. Uh-huh. I was told, okay, here is 450 people, here is the list of five exhibitions, start organizing them, you know. But I had to take three buses, so it took me an hour and a half each morning to drive to work, drive back from work, and I was knackered because working in the fresh air when you go from the office was just such yeah. a different time. But it's fun also to think back exactly. Yeah, like, yeah imagine working for a brand that's... Uh, purpose is to celebrate life, wake up every morning and ready to celebrate life. So um, it's fun. It's fun. It's a lot of fun and uh, a lot of... Uh, you also, because you're over there, you work in the forefront of the industry. So you constantly have to challenge yourself, push yourself, you know, make it better. You can't just be complacent because there's so much competition out there. Mm-hmm. In 2019, I think I took, uh, I counted, I took 174 flights. Okay. I remember uh, a time when we had an event that was just about to get started and the clients were stuck in Oktoberfest and they're like, oh, we're kind of bored, we wish we were there, you know? Yeah. And we managed to organize them a, a private jet to just fly down, pick them up from mm-hmm. Oktoberfest and fly them in, you know, so they can join our event, so. So how did you go from then, from being the hostess to the position where you are today? What kind of steps did you have to take and what did it take to get to where mm-hmm. you are today? Hello, hello Gretel. Hello Dana. How are you? I'm a little bit cold, but otherwise good. I know. It's, this is probably the coldest it will get in Marbella. Yes, and I mean, on camera, probably it looks like a summer outside, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> we are a bit spoiled already, so we feel like it's a bit chilly today, but it's beautiful. And we're here in Tikitano, and I'm so happy you found a little moment to have a little chat and uh, talk about your life in Marbella. Well, thank you for inviting me and thank you for having me and uh, happy to share so. Yeah, it's a pleasure. And uh, to be honest, uh, because of Gretel, uh, I started this podcast because I've had this idea for a while, but we had a nice dinner and she was so excitedly talking about her new podcast that she started. She's starting and she was like, why don't you do one? I was like, yes, I should. So thank you. I think it's... uh, it's definitely there's a gap in the market, and you know it's uh, it's nice to to have somebody talking about the different aspects of uh, of Marbella life, and you know what's what's here to do, um, and and give advice to people looking to relocate over here. So yeah. very talk- excited. And to... talking to the real people, you know, yeah. like yeah. the people who actually live here, work here, and been here for for a long time. Yeah. So ancient. <laughs> talk about how did you come to Marbella, and um, how many years have you been here? I, I don't want to say the number of years. I mean, I, um, I uh, came to Marbella straight after the graduation, so back in 2006. And uh, with the initial idea, like I guess uh, most of the people, to just come here for, you know, six or nine months, learn the language, gain a bit of work experience, mm-hmm. and uh, then go back to Estonia, where I'm originally from, mm-hmm. and get the real job and mm-hmm. start the real life, you know, because it didn't seem mm-hmm. uh, realistic over here, you know. 
Um, um, why, why didn't it seem realistic? Why did you th not think that you could be living here, working here? Because it's like a seasonal I think it was, place no, or I think like it was a holiday place. Ah, like it a, was just too much fun and it didn't seem like, you know, that uh -huh. that's what actual life can be mm -hmm. about, you know. But it can. It can indeed, yeah. It can indeed. So what happened then? Um, well, like quite early on, I uh, when I came here, my mindset was that I'm going to be here for six to nine months. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I have to find a job. Um, I didn't really care what the job was about. Uh, I came here with my best friend and we both said, you know, if we need, mm -hmm. we're going to clean. We're going to do whatever it takes, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just to make income and, and enjoy the life here and learn the language. Um, but I was lucky enough that uh, quite early on, I, I ended up working in a real estate office. Mm. Uh, it was back in 2006. So a year, let's say the last year of the, of the big boom. Mm -hmm. So it was a very, very interesting uh, time over here. And, um, yeah, I was working as an administrative assistant actually. So organizing the property inspection trips for people flying out to, mm -hmm. to Spain or to Portugal or, or one of these places where they wanted to buy the real estate. And um, one thing led to another, and then I quickly realized that there's so many opportunities out here that if I showed up every morning, if I did my job, I did it well, um, if I showed motivation and interest, then more doors started opening kind of uh, up for me. And I guess it was about six to eight months into the, into the work when I got an opportunity already to to start uh, taking charge of his exhibitions. And suddenly I was barely 20. I had a company credit card with a 2 million euro uh, limit. Uh -huh. I was told, okay, here is 450 people. Here is the list of five exhibitions. Start organizing mm -hmm. them, you know? And I thought, wow, nobody never asked me. It's like, what's your education? What's your experience? Mm -hmm. They just said, hey, this is still, you know, she's been turning up here for quite a while, you know? She's never late. She's, she's never late. Time. She does the she job. She keeps her mouth shut, you know? So, uh, you know, I, I realized there is a lot of opportunities. If you want to make a career over here, mm -hmm. there is a lot of interesting opportunities. If you're hardworking. If you're hardworking. Mm -hmm. I guess the mentality was different back mm -hmm. then as well, because talking about 2006, Estonia had just recently joined the European Union. Um, we had just barely become a leader to to work in Spain mm -hmm. and uh, we obviously we had our own currency back then mm -hmm. so everything when I came here here was euro I was calculating everything uh -huh. into the Estonian krona back <laughs> I then remember. I remember you know who hasn't thought you know yeah. I want to be a millionaire yeah. but you know, I wanted to be the Estonian krona millionaire mm -hmm. let's say you know <laughs> and before I knew you know <laughs> a, a year into here you know you're making you're making good money okay mm -hmm. not a million in Estonian mm -hmm. money but you know I saw it it was kind of like reachable yeah. or touchable with uh, with hands and um, yeah, so that's how the board basically got uh, got rolling, and I decided to to stay here and, and see what the, what the life is going to offer me and bring me. So you also managed everything with just uh, English, because obviously you didn't speak Spanish back then. No, I didn't speak Spanish. I always loved the language mm -hmm. and I wanted to learn. I think I took some language courses before coming here. Um, and the company that I worked for mm -hmm. was actually an Irish company. Mm -hmm. So it was purely American English, British English. Uh, um, we dealt with international people, so Spanish wasn't really needed. Um, until I, uh, I left that company and I went to work for Nikki Beach. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's when I actually needed Spanish the first uh -huh. time and I started learning a little bit uh, more. So I want to talk about how did you end up then from At the real estate Nikki. company to Nikki Beach? How was that uh, jump? Um, and how did you get so that opportunity? 
it was actually in 2008. So obviously mm-hmm. in the end of 2007, the big financial crisis kind of uh, hit the with all business industries, not just uh, real estate. And I saw a lot of my colleagues leaving and, and the office getting quieter and quieter. And I thought, okay, mm-hmm. time to do something different. But I thought I'm going to find another office job, mm-hmm. you know, because it's always, you know, you wear a suit to mm-hmm. go to the office, you mm-hmm. work with a computer. That seemed like the career path that I mm-hmm. wanted to take. You know, I never worked in hospitality before. And um, my friend's husband, he used to work in this hospitality industry before and he said, you know what, the summer is coming. Yeah, I think it was like February. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go and work at, uh, you know, in a place like uh, Nikki Beach, you know, mm-hmm. you can make great money. You can meet the people. It's fun, you know, just do the summer and, you know, focus after the summer mm-hmm. when you see, you know, what the economy is kind of doing uh, on, on different things then. And uh, he set me up the initial interview. And I went to apply as an assistant waiter because mm-hmm. I didn't speak the language mm-hmm. and, um, uh, I, I didn't have any experience. I was like, what's the lowest. most basic and lowest uh-huh. position? And they said a runner, which is basically mm-hmm. like an assistant uh, waiter or waitress that supports the, the service staff. Running with the champagne. Yes, but what turned out <laughs> during the interview, they gave me a test, they gave me a tray uh-huh. with 18 glasses oh, on God. it. I'm so I was bad like, at that. <laughs> no, no. I'm so bad at that. So I, I thought that they never going to call me back. But uh-huh. I got a call back about a week later and they offered me a hostess position. They were like, okay, this girl okay. is better just. Exactly, door. just put her to talk on the door, you yeah. know, she's fine. And uh-huh. um, and uh, that's how I uh, I ended up at, uh, at Nikki Beach, actually working in the front of house before. I joined um, uh, I joined the destination about a month before the opening. So, as you know, here, a lot of the locations are open uh, seasonally. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember when, the, when I got the call back and, and I was offered the job, they told me to turn up the next day with uh, casual clothes because mm-hmm. it was obviously closed. So mm-hmm. I imagined going there, going through reservations, mm-hmm. preparing something in the computer. My first day, mm-hmm. I was painting. Oh, I was painting the walls and, you know, and, and looking back now, mm-hmm. you know, when customers, when we come, for example, over here and we see this beautiful location set up, mm-hmm. you know, the, the plants are blooming, mm-hmm. the tables are perfect, all the details mm-hmm. are in the place. There's a lot of hard work, planning and strategizing mm-hmm. that goes into that, that um, we as customers sometimes don't see. So it was a lot of uh, love and effort that uh, went from the team. So I, I kind of, I done everything and I was like, okay, I can paint. I never painted, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I'm going to paint. And um, yeah, it was an interesting experience, but a completely different jump start to the career. So, But I think uh, that's why you probably also, you were a valued uh, worker because you didn't say, no, I'm not here to paint. I'm just here to be pretty on the door and talk to the clients. They saw your hardworking your yeah. mindset was, okay, whatever needs to be done, I'll paint. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll do this. I'll do that. So I'm sure the mindset uh, is so important. If you think like, if you think you want to come make it here, you can't also be, oh, I'm too posh to do that. Or I'm too posh to do that. You know, like yeah. you, you definitely had the right mindset to start from the bottom. I don't care if I have to clean the floor, I'll do it. But uh, I really want to work. I really want to make it in this company. So I'm sure that has a huge part in it. Because I know a lot of people, they're like, yes, I want to work. But when you actually tell them, oh, can you do this or that? No, no, I'm yeah. not ready to do that bit. But sometimes you have to do the hard bits too. Yeah, not even sometimes. I guess with anything in life, mm-hmm. you know, even where I am today or, you know, if I start a new project, mm-hmm. I'm not afraid mm-hmm. to do the work. Mm-hmm. Because I know if I put in the effort, mm-hmm. if I put in the consistency, it will work. So sometimes you have to take a step back mm-hmm. to, to learn the ropes and, you mm-hmm. know, then uh, go forward. But I guess also because starting from the very uh, 
bottom oh, no. on the mm-hmm. on the ladder. It gave me the 360 knowledge of the mm-hmm. business, mm-hmm. which actually has led me to where I am today. You know, so yeah. Let's talk. Where are you today? What is your position right now? Um, oh, that's a complicated <laughs> one. You know. Um, so today I'm. Uh, I, I work with a global office. Mm-hmm. So Nikki Beach, obviously, you you know it from uh, here in Marbella, mm-hmm. but we have. Uh, God, I lose the count. I think about 14 different locations right now, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, uh, opening some very exciting uh, new ones shortly as well. And um, I'm the global director of uh, strategic uh, projects and partnerships. That's not a bad position uh, to have when you've been starting as a hostess. Yeah, 100%. Um, and uh, I basically, what I do, I, I take care of different uh, Different special projects for the company. So besides Nikki Beach, mm-hmm. we are just uh, launching and curating a new brand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Lucia, and the first opening is going to be in Cannes mm-hmm. uh, in March. So very, very exciting to be present and to see the new brand being born and something created from the, from the scratch. Um, we also have a lot of hotel openings on the pipeline. And uh, yeah. Exciting. So, yeah, very exciting actually. Never a dull moment in hospitality yeah. anyway. No, so. it's, it's, it's amazing. So how did you go from then, from being the hostess to the position where you are today? What kind of steps did you have to take and what did it take to get to where mm. you are today? Well, a lot of curiosity and hard work, I would mm-hmm. say for sure. But um, it's true, I worked, uh, I worked myself uh, kind of up in the, in the ladder. I did a lot of different positions within the company. I also left the company, which mm-hmm. I think was actually a good thing for me mm-hmm. because it gave me a whole different perspective of another market. I, mm-hmm. I was working in Dubai at one moment for a, another big group um, and a different kind of experience. So coming back, I could also take that background with mm-hmm. me and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. put it to the, to the new work. But like I said, I worked in the front of the house, which mm-hmm. gave me an insight into the operations. You know, I had to work together with the kitchen, the waiters, making sure that, you know, everything runs smoothly, complaints. Um, I worked in the sales, you know, mm-hmm. I understand how the budgets work. I understand, you know, what is it to, to reach the financial goals for the company. Mm-hmm. I worked obviously very closely with the brand and marketing because previously I was responsible for and overseeing for the marketing and events for a variety of destinations. And I've also been lucky enough that I've been uh, part of many uh, pre-openings and new openings. And that's always when you get most experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, super fast paced. Um, it's a lot of exciting people mm-hmm. around you because, you know, it's a new project, so you have new teams around you. And I think exactly each of these positions has teached me a skill set um, that I would have not gotten by, you know, learning from the manual or taking a, taking a course. And that combined, because I love self-educating as well, so I love to take courses, mm-hmm. uh, learn, whether it's online courses, you know, taking a university course on the mm-hmm. side, uh, listening podcasts, mm-hmm. reading books. When do you have time? Uh, in the mornings. Oh. That's the best time, you know, mm-hmm. because the rest of the world is mm-hmm. sleeping. You wake up early, I go for my walk and uh, I listen to the podcast then, for example. So it depends, mm-hmm. obviously. I have busy times as well, but, you know, whenever I have downtime, mm-hmm. that's when I uh, when I kind of make my uh, my goals and my my planning for personal education. So I think all of that combined... Uh, has presented me the opportunity to, to be in this position. And, and one of the reasons, actually, because that position didn't exist before and, and why it was created was exactly the different experience that I had. Mm-hmm. And I know how the different departments at the company work. So I can be the glue that mm-hmm. brings these special projects together. 
Amazing. But when you got the promotions inside the company, did you pursue them or were they offered to you? Do you think it's important that you always you, you go and ask for it? Or do you think it's just, I'll just stick to my job and maybe they'll see that I'm doing good? What would you say? I think, how has it been with you? How has it been with me? I guess depending on the promotions. So mm -hmm. um, there were times when I saw that the mm -hmm. place where the company was, there wasn't any opportunities mm -hmm. for me for the growth. Mm -hmm. Because the way that the structure was or mm -hmm. the amount of locations that we had open and, and this is part of the reason why at one moment I left the company mm -hmm. because I said, okay, I, I feel that I've reached in my position mm -hmm. where I could reach and there wasn't any other opportunities for my growth uh, available. So I left the company. But then about a year and a half later, I guess, uh, we stayed in touch mm -hmm. and they called me back and said, hey, you know, we are expanding. We have a lot of exciting things on the on the pipeline and, and I got offered the position. Um, I think sometimes it's also important, especially if, if you're in a company for a long time, which I've been with Nikki Beach uh, quite a while, is um, you can get very complacent. Mm -hmm. And I reached that point when I was uh, feeling that, you know, it didn't excite me mm -hmm. anymore, you know, coupled you. with, uh, you know, personal challenges. You know, I had a loss of a very close friend, uh, probably overworked, you know, and it kind of brought me to the point where I just said, you know what, just need to take a step mm -hmm. back and then focus a little bit on myself. And that kind of gave birth to the new idea of this new position and, you know, having these open conversations mm -hmm. and seeing, you know, what's the part that I love, what's the things that I'm missing and craving, and, you know, also what's the company's needs. Mm -hmm. Because in the end of the day, what we all need to understand, it's not the company that's bad if there is no position for you to grow. Sometimes as a person, you need to also go and experience different things. You need to go and work for different brands. Mm -hmm. You need to go to different destinations and, and, you know, get that experience because your needs also must match with the company's needs, you know? So... Yeah, exciting, interesting. This episode is brought to you by Besaya Beach and Tikitano by Besaya. Visit my website to find out more about these beautiful restaurants. So since you've been in charge of uh, hiring people, uh, what tips would you give to people who are looking to work in Marbella or in the luxury hospitality industry? Um, I think the main thing is to show your unique uh, personality. Um, I, I personally, my strategy has been, and what I always recommend is, you know, find this two, three, four places that you would love to work for, choose the places that you want to work for that makes sense and uh, tailor, make your resume and mm -hmm. application letter instead of uh, sending the same CV to 50 different places uh, that doesn't resonate with any of the recruiters, you know, show your unique personality, show your passion, dedication especially if you're in the beginning of your career, you know, if you don't really have much work experience, um, you don't speak the language and you're just getting started, getting an application that says that I want to work for you because it's going to be useful for my CV mm -hmm. is not really something that sells to the company, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And um, yeah, I mean, the, the CVs that they stand out and the applications that stand out, I, I remember still... Uh, one uh, CV that I opened and it said the heading was, uh, hey, I think it's me you've been looking for, you know, and, and yes. it, it automatically it makes a cool uh, impression, it you know, you're smile. interesting and, yeah. and you're curious about the personality behind it. So mm -hmm. I think it's always, it's not about the experience, it's about the dedication and passion. And once you put that effort into your CV and application, that shows. Mm -hmm. um, what is it like uh, working for a super brand like Nikki Beach? Because it sounds so glamorous. 
Uh, yeah, I is mean, it, is it always so glamorous? Uh, it's like the Instagram uh, meme that what your friends think you do, uh-huh. what your parents actually think do you it. do, and what you actually do. <laughs> Obviously, there is a lot of uh, very cool and exciting uh, moments, but like I said, there is a lot of effort and strategy and planning that goes into into each uh, opening event and and uh, destination as well. So, but um, yeah, imagine working for a brand that's. Uh, purpose is to celebrate life, wake up every morning and ready to celebrate life. So um, it's fun. It's fun. It's a lot of fun and a lot of uh, you also because you're over there, you work in the forefront of the industry. So you constantly have to challenge yourself, push Mm -hmm. yourself, you know, make it better. You can't just be complacent because there is so much competition out there. And, you know, being surrounded with the best team and the most creative team that pushes each other constantly. it's a very proud also, a very proud mm-hmm. moment to, to see the results translating into something. So, But like you said, there is a lot of competition. Have you felt the competition also inside the company? Do you also feel like you need to watch your back a little bit? Or do you feel like I can trust everyone? This is my family. Uh, how, how do you feel about that? I wouldn't say about the trust. I guess we are a family-owned company. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that's super unique, it's there is not really a lot of hierarchy, you know, you can walk up in any of the company events mm-hmm. to the to the owner and founder of the company and you know strike a conversation. But as Gretel, as mm-hmm. a as a as a separate person, um, I think it's always good to keep a certain distance. Obviously, you you spend so many hours at work, so you strike friendships. But I think it's also important that you maintain your relationships outside from mm-hmm. the company so you have this good work-life uh, balance and you don't get carried away only mm-hmm. only in the in the company um what are some of the craziest things that you've seen in nikki beach we want to know some fun stories that no one knows except i mean them. define crazy after 15 uh, years of working in luxury hospitality what's crazy what counts as crazy you know yeah maybe it's normal to you yeah exactly <laughs> i mean that's one of the things because in the luxury hospitality what sets us apart is that we go above and beyond the expectation of the clients so mm-hmm. our teams they are amazing at exceeding uh, customers expectation you know whether it's sourcing a -a one-of-a-kind bottle from somewhere or Mm -hmm. flying in a certain food product from another Mm -hmm. continent or I remember a a time when we had an event that was just about to get started and the clients were stuck in Oktoberfest and they're like oh we're kind of bored we wish we were there you know Mm -hmm. and we managed to organize them a a private jet to just fly down pick them up from Mm -hmm. Oktoberfest and fly them in you know so they can join our event so but um, so these things you also have to deal with Obviously, yeah, throughout mm-hmm. the years, there's been so many different um, instances, but I think one of the things that stood out in my mind is the love and the loyalty for the brand. On one example that, uh, and maybe it's a story you don't expect, but mm-hmm. uh, there was a couple mm-hmm. that they met originally at Nikki Beach. So this is how they got to know each mm-hmm. other. They got engaged at Nikki Beach. Mm-hmm. They got married at Nikki Beach. Wow. And then years later, um, when they came for lunch, uh, they had a baby, oh. and guess what? They called the baby Nikki. Oh my god! <laughs> so true fans, true fashion for the brand, and you know it's uh, a love story. Yeah, Nikki it's a love, love story. story. Yeah, exactly. So that was a sweet thing too. To so it's see. not just for fourteen; you can even find love. No, with it's for generations. I mean, people make memories. It's uh, so fun mm-hmm. to see, you know, that you have grandparents coming with their grandchildren, mm-hmm. and uh, if you think also because Nikki Beach been around for twenty plus years, so most of the clients that we started with, you know, they're in the 
uh, in the older mm -hmm. age, not the mm -hmm. children are the ones coming to Nikki. So, yeah, it's for everybody. We don't have a target demographic that's purely, you know, 18 to 30 or 30 to 50. So mm -hmm. that's a great thing also. But like you said, there is this uh, crazy clients who are just, they want to come. You have to organize a private jet. What has been like, has there been like uh, any instance of like a very unique bottle of champagne you have to source? What has been like the most expensive bottle of champagne you had to sell? Or any kind of stories like that? Or like, um, I don't know, specific kind of oysters that clients want? Or has there, has there any been... You know, it doesn't even come instances. to my mind anymore because there is... Oh, there's so many of those. There is so many of so those, So the clients exactly. are quite uh, picky and... Uh, it's not about even picky, but it's just demanding. about um, creating and curating the special mm -hmm. experiences. So mm -hmm. if you have somebody that is from India and they do a birthday celebration and, you know, we really wanted to do something special for them, mm -hmm. we want to source something from mm -hmm. there, for example. So it's not necessarily about the price tag, but it's about creating this moment that they understand that that was specifically that you made for them, exactly. Mm -hmm. So Let's talk about your new venture. You also started a podcast, a Marbella Property Podcast, yes. where you share your knowledge and experience in investing into real estate and financial freedom, which... I guess we're all after. So what can listeners expect from your podcast? And what are you most excited about in this venture? Yeah, so one of the things that I've been doing uh, as, a, as a side, uh, I can't say a hobby, is, uh, is investing. You know, I have a company on the side and uh, most, of my, uh, most of my investment portfolio is in real estate. And um, I, I got involved with investing maybe let's say five, six uh, years ago, uh, more actively. And, and I found tremendous support and help from from listening to different podcasts in Estonia, mm -hmm. because I feel in Estonia, the community of, uh, of people investing or being interested in financial education and how the money that you earn in a job can make more money for you and, and work for you. And uh, I found tremendous support from that. And uh, I never really felt that there is a community like this in Marbella. Mm -hmm. So, but at the same time, people are super interested in Mabea. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to move here. Everybody wants to have a holiday home over here. Um, and every second person is a real estate agent. Exactly, exactly as well. And uh, I just felt, you know, because I found so much support in it and I get so many questions asked about my, my investments and how do they do something, you know, how do you buy, what should you consider, that I thought, why not, why not start uh, a similar community over here? And uh, yeah, I partnered up with, uh, with a professional real estate agent, uh, Camilla, that, you know, she does that day in and day out. She's the expert. I'm just the enthusiast, mm -hmm. I say. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, with this uh, podcast, we, we also we meet and we interview different industry experts by providing them uh, insights and, uh, and uh, personal stories and journeys to, to people looking to learn more about the investment opportunities over here. And it's a, it's a new venture still, but uh, we've had a very positive feedback. And I'm, I'm really proud because I think also I'm learning through this journey mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. So, And I'm super excited to meet these uh, like-minded people mm -hmm. because, like I said, I don't have a strong community. I have few friends and business partners that I do this over here. But I would love to see more people getting involved and, you know, coming together mm -hmm. because I'm sure mm -hmm. they are here. But it's just a matter of uh, uniting them together. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. And you will find a link to Greta's new podcast in my blog. So please go and give it a listen. I've listened to the first episode. I loved it. Fantastic. And I'm really interested to also learn more about yeah. real estate. Um, 
So it's it's super exciting that you're doing that. Yeah, I'm very happy as well. So <laughs> thank you so much. And likewise. Thank you. So uh, how does a typical day look like for you? Well, in my personal uh, life, I like routine very mm -hmm. much. So I have a routine of, I have a personal trainer. Greetings, Ursula Murula. <laughs> Estonia. Estonia, yeah, oh. she's amazing. I mean, I lost 13 kilos with her in the last uh, 13 months. So. Amazing. And I'm going to have a six pack by the summer. So. Wow. Um, so I, I train with her twice a week. Um, I have my language lessons. I'm learning a new language. So I, I very much adhere to the routine when I'm, I'm over here. But when it comes to the professional life, there is no day like another. So mm -hmm. it really depends. I mean, I can have weeks where it's pretty standard and, and I work from my home office and I have a lot of calls and emails and strategizing. And then there is weeks when I'm just traveling between the different destinations, supporting the location teams with events or, or openings. So, yeah. So you're quite self-disciplined then. If you're working from a home office, there's yeah. no one who's going to tell you you have to get up at nine, work until five. Yeah. You can, you plan your, your day. Exactly. You plan your work. And plus, because I work with a global team, you know, we have the time difference, quite mm -hmm. often six to, to seven hours. So um, I've also kind of based my own rhythm uh, on that, that, you know, I have the uh, early mornings to myself. Then I have the mornings where I work with the European teams. Mm -hmm. I maybe have a little bit of more time on the lunch and then my evenings are again uh, busier, you know, with the mm -hmm. calls with the US, for example. So. so do you plan your days? Do you plan your weeks? Do you plan oh, your 100%. year? Everything. Oh, if I open my planned. calendar, it's like a color coded, uh, really? you know, it looks to somebody probably like a mystery. I mean, I have such a bad memory. Like mm -hmm. I have to write down, mm -hmm. it should take out laundry from the, from the washing machine. I don't remember these things. So you have a to-do list. I have an extensive to-do list. I have it color-coded, so uh, blue is uh, anything to do with my health and fitness, uh, mm -hmm. uh, red is personal and purple and uh, green is to do with work and depending if it's an online call or if it's a meeting or a reminder. Mm -hmm. Plus I have a task list, mm -hmm. so I have a calendar for the meetings, I have a task list and uh, reminders, yeah. Extensive. I'd love to see your calendar, oh. I'm going to have a look later. Yeah, I can see you have a very strong mindset you're very driven who has influenced you the most in that way or were you born like that is that your personality or have you grown to be like that or have you listened to podcasts of self-help and discipline or uh, yeah discipline yes say? and no i would say i mean the work ethic and mm -hmm. the, the mindset and the way that we carry ourselves uh, that comes from parents and the way that you're mm -hmm. grown up um professionally i had many mentors i really look up and respect people that are self-made, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's entrepreneurs, whether it's investors. Anyone um, in particular you want to mention? I'm not sure if they would want to be mentioned. Okay. Um, they're successful, but they're kind of private. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, the owners and founders of Nikki Beach are mm -hmm. self-made. Mm -hmm. uh, Jack Penrod, uh, they live, uh, Jack Penrod and Lucia Penrod, they live in, in uh, America and, and before Jack started uh, Nikki Beach, which was founded as a memory, as a tribute to, to his daughter, mm -hmm. he was flipping burgers in, in, uh, in McDonald's. And then he acquired, he made his first million when he acquired uh, the first McDonald's franchise that he made the most successful one. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's an entrepreneur and, and a very uh, cool mind and, and visionary spirit himself. So he's been a great inspiration as well, of course, mm -hmm. you know, but uh, I've been lucky enough to meet uh, different people from different fields that I consider also close friends and uh, that are a source of inspiration, that are these driven people. Uh, 
driven, but they kept the humility, mm -hmm. which I think is super important. And uh, they're not afraid to be sharing this information and, you know, teaching me the ropes when I ask mm -hmm. the questions. So. Mm -hmm. And you are very inspiring. I really yeah, am inspired you. by you because really you have started, you have uh, started from zero coming to Marbella and you are very, very mm. accomplished now investing in real estate. And uh, I'm going to fix your hair so we can hear your your voice. Um, um, yeah, I don't, you know, because I don't see myself like that, but I can, I can understand but, what you're Yeah, uh, and if you look back, there. actually, you have oh, yeah, started from the bottom and, and you really, you, you made it uh, career-wise, definitely. So you should be really proud of yourself. I think it's, uh, you know, the most important thing what I, what I sent has changed, let's say, in the mindset of the people is that um, we're all encouraged. There is so many TV shows and media and podcasts and books about confidence, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what I feel the newer generation sometimes are mixing up is the confidence and arrogance. Mm -hmm. There is a very fine mm -hmm. line between that. And confidence and staying humble. Mm -hmm. You know, you can be very confident, but you can still be humble. You can be receptive to the feedback that you you receive. And I think this curiosity coupled with this humbleness mm -hmm. is what's given and presented all these uh, chances uh, for me. And like you said, you know, you you have to start from somewhere. Mm -hmm. But even now, today, if I'm presented a new opportunity, I'm not afraid to take a step back and you know go to the to the grounds. I mean, when I moved here. I lived in La Campana. Mm -hmm. I, uh, it's a ghetto. I mean, who knows, yes. Marbella, it used to be ghetto in 2006. But I'm sure in five or ten years it will be the place because, you know, And I had to take three buses is... to go to Nikki Beach because mm -hmm. when I bought the jump over there, mm -hmm. actually because I applied to two different places and there was mm -hmm. one that was close to Puerto Manos and it was close to home. Mm -hmm. But because Nikki Beach opened earlier, mm -hmm. I kind of thought, you know what, I don't want to lose the opportunity because maybe nobody else wants me. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go there because they gave me that opportunity. Mm -hmm. But I had to take three buses. Mm -hmm. So it took me an hour and a half each morning to drive to work, drive back from work. And I was knackered because working in the fresh air mm -hmm. when you go from the office, it was just such yeah. a different time. But it's fun also to mm -hmm. think back exactly. Yeah. Like, and it's know. very hot in the summer. People always think that it's it's so nice and warm here, but it gets really, really hot. Yeah. And the heat is not also easy. Plus oh. 35 degrees. I'm from and Estonia. Working. You're from Estonia. No, you know that, yeah. I mean, it's great, but we also can't stand the heat in the same yeah. way. Like July, August is crazy. I used to have, uh, because when we had a hostess desk, I used mm -hmm. to have this uh, champagne buckets mm -hmm. filled with ice. Mm -hmm. And I actually used to have my feet inside there because I had to stay on the reception to handle mm -hmm. all the reservations. I didn't really have to move because mm -hmm. I had different people from moving and sitting the tables mm -hmm. over there. So a client didn't see, I actually was tipping my toes in the ice bucket to kind of uh, stay cool over oh, there. Yeah. yeah, it's not easy. Yeah. yeah. So you, you, you've done it. You've done it all. Yeah. So you've traveled around the world obviously with Nikki, um, how is Marbella different from all these places? And what makes you choose Marbella over Italy or Dubai or Miami? Um, I think one thing is, is uh, you know, the closeness to home and the way that Marbella is connected as a city to, to all the places. It's very well connected to most of the European destinations, including our little mm -hmm. Tallinn, Estonia. Um, I think it's a very cosmopolitan city, um, so there is a nice mix of people. You feel at home, you mm -hmm. don't feel as a, as a foreigner, and, and quite often when you go to Italy, for example, you probably feel as an expert and a foreigner mm -hmm. a lot more than you would feel over here. So. And how do you think Marbella has changed uh, ever since you started here in 2006? 
um, I think it's developed in a, in a, I feel that Mabea is, has gone through like different phases as well, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. in 2006, I didn't pay attention to, mm -hmm. to a lot of things over here, but I feel at one moment Mabea was really slipping mm -hmm. and I felt that the kind of people it attracted, the kind of investments that were made into the area, um, it wasn't really going the right direction. Mm -hmm. I'm talking probably around 212, uh, 213, mm -hmm. around that uh, time. But now, especially with the COVID, and with the different variety of things that's been happening over here, from the political elections to Brexit to um, investment groups that are coming to the area, I really feel Mabea is getting a new life. It's so inspiring to see so many cool new places opening. You know, I, I almost feel that, you know, pardon what I say, but the trash was cleaned out mm -hmm. and now it's made room for the new quality concept. So either you produce quality, mm -hmm. you produce rather than quantity, and and that's how you survive over here. So and I like also there is a big mix of nationalities now. So that's always a good for the destination. So definitely, um, there's so many amazing luxury brands now open. Up here. Yeah, exactly. Like, like when you came here back in 2006, there wasn't many, maybe that many opportunities. Yeah. There was maybe Nikki Beach and a few more yeah, bigger very companies. Few. But now people really they do have a choice to work uh, in a for a luxury brand and. Not uh, especially when you don't have the language skills, you don't speak Spanish. There is actually an opportunity still to start in English. I also started with just pure English and I managed. Yeah. Uh, and there is British companies here. I also work for a British company and managed totally in English. So like people, you don't have to be afraid to just come and you will find a company where you can manage with English. But I think it's important to learn the language as well. I learned also yeah. the language in a language school. I took intensive courses. I think it's also respect for the For the country, country culture that yes. you're in. Yeah, we still have to deal with uh, the Spanish people here as well. But, but I also love the international community and, uh, you know, meeting people from Estonia yeah. <laughs> around the corner every day. And not just Marbella, because, you know, we talk about Marbella, but it's the, it's the whole region and area. I mean, uh, Malaga is uh, known now as the new Silicon Valley of mm -hmm. Europe because attracting all these IT companies and being flexible with the corporate tax. So that's also an interesting thing that's just happening on the, on the side yeah. of the area. You know? And so. that's also one of the like silver linings of COVID. It was a yeah. tough time for this area particularly, but it has opened up all these digital nomads coming here, yeah. people who have seeing that they can work online, they can now live here. So yeah, we have to be thankful for COVID in that way. Yeah. Um, so what are what are the things in Marbella that you do outside of your work? What are your hobbies? How do you fill your free days, if there are any? Yeah, that's the fun thing, because until, um, until about 2020, mm -hmm. uh, in 2019, I think I took, uh, I counted, I took 174 flights. Oh my so I was traveling very extensively and when I came to Mabea, I literally, I, I live in Elviria. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to leave Elviria. I was mm -hmm. just there. I was happy in my little cocoon. I didn't go out. All these mm -hmm. new openings, I discovered them in the winter because mm -hmm. in the summer, I just, last thing I want to do is mm -hmm. go out in Mabea when I got here. And now my rhythm and pace has changed a lot. Um, so I'm also, I feel like I'm discovering, rediscovering mm -hmm. Mabea myself. But uh, um, I mean, I love to go for the long walks, go for the... Uh, different uh, restaurants and, and uh, culinary journeys. I wish I would also discover a little bit more this cultural places, uh, 
wineries, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, I haven't even been I to Ronda to, for. To show I like, that's how I follow your blog, and I see from your blog, and I have the saved post, all our saved so, posts. I'm like, one day, one day, we're gonna, go, we're yeah. gonna do. I should do. We should, we're gonna do a podcast in Ronda as well. Yeah. I mean, sure. There's so many cool destinations to discover, and I, believe me, I have a list. When somebody mm-hmm. asks me when they're traveling over here, I have a list that I can recommend, but I mm-hmm. haven't even had time to to be, you know. So that's why it's sometimes good when you have visitors. And when yeah. I have visitors, you have to do the touristic things. Yeah, and you show feel them around. Need to go and, yeah. But then I'm like, I'm happy I'm doing this visit because as a local, you don't do these things. Yeah. Sometimes you even forget, not though. going to Puerto Banús, yeah. I don't go. But, yeah. but when you have family and friends, you have to go and show them the places. So yeah. you get to do those things as well. So, what are your favorite restaurants or places uh, that are your like go-to places in Barbella? I mean, listen, I love obviously I love nice restaurants, mm-hmm. and uh, working in a luxury hospitality field, it's also part of the job is to is to you know love, enjoy, and, and discover these places. But I think besides your regular Danny Garcias, uh, Nota Blues, Goyas, which everybody knows, mm-hmm. they're advertised all over the place. I think there are some really uh, cool hidden gems, mm-hmm. so I think maybe it's more interesting to to mention them. Um, the best sushi. Mm-hmm. I'm addicted to sushi. Mm-hmm. I love sushi. So I know it is not Nobu. Mm-hmm. Forget about Nobu. Mm-hmm. It's sushi sensations. It's a very small family-owned place in uh, in uh, next to the Bullery. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I know the place. I love it. I mean, it's just so good and but delicious. But I haven't been for and, years and have to go there. Yes. Um, then there is a very cool place that I love for uh, lunch and, and breakfast. It's called the Centra, mm-hmm. next to the casino. Awesome. So it. much fresh yeah. stuff. You know, there's actually Estonian waitresses, yes. I think, working there as well. Yeah. So very cute really cafe. Yeah. You will might find uh, more of Gretel's uh, favorite places in my blog. We will list them all and some hidden gems yeah. and hidden secret places that maybe not all the tourists will know. Yeah. Because there is... You know, there are so many nice, like you said, these hidden local restaurants and places that you wouldn't get to or you wouldn't go because they are not advertised in every magazine. Yeah, for so, sure. So that's why it's great to always ask locals or you just visit my blog and you will see what the locals yeah. are recommending. No, because of course, I mean, I love to go to to different well-known places as well. But mm-hmm. I think these are the places that, you know, you wouldn't probably come across in any listings or, you know, mm-hmm. advertising mm-hmm. or magazine articles, you know, because they're so small or, mm-hmm. or you know, they don't even need to be advertised yes. because they're busy, you know, enough. So, yeah. but this is the stuff that, yeah, kind of stood out for me. And also, you know, from the beach clubs, <laughs> but if you want something authentic and local, really, mm-hmm. there is a really cool place called Simbad Beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there. it's Las Chapas, yes. if I'm not wrong. Yeah, uh, I just w- was there, I think, mm-hmm. two days ago on 1st of January. So, you know, you can have a great paella, put your feet mm-hmm. in the sand, enjoy the sun, open all year mm-hmm. round. I love it in the winter more, like, mm-hmm. you know, because in the summer, you know, there is so many cool new things to open and you want to... No, it's a lovely place yeah. and you can park really almost in the door. Yeah. And I've been there with kids. You go down the stairs. Oh, yeah, super family super, friendly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's great if you want to go with kids as well. Mm-hmm. So I love that place yeah. too. Um, so what are your plans for the future? Where is Gretel going to be in five years or 10 years? Or do you not even think that far ahead? You know what? I, I, I don't think that far because I think as a people we evolve. And our, you know, depending on where we are in our life, mm-hmm. our goals and dreams and desires might uh, change. Mm-hmm. So I'm very focused on the near future and I have my to-do list for mm-hmm. the for the year. I have my annual goals, you know, my financial, my professional, my personal goals. But when it comes to, you know, five years or 10 years, I just 
I guess I hope that I'm, you know, I'm healthy. I want to be happy. I want to be satisfied professionally, personally. And uh, that's what's most important, you know. And what about plans for family? Uh, yes, Could be an option. yes, yes, can be an option also. So we're still looking for the one, but uh, let's see. Yeah, let's talk about looking for the one. How would you describe Marbella's uh, dating scene if there is such thing or, or are you know. really not into that because you're too busy? Or how would you? No, it's not people? about being too busy, but I guess that, um, it hasn't been you know focus. how so many people ask, oh, but you work at Nikki Beach, yes. it must be. but you know, you understand this is professional, this mm -hmm. is work. So, you know, you have your completely different mindset. It's not like I go to the tables and I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, no, yeah, come on, this husband? is a client, you know, this is, you, you work differently. So, um, but I guess again, it's like anywhere in the world. Is it bad, better? Is it worse? I don't really, uh, I don't really know. I just think that maybe a lot of people are here as a stopover. Mm -hmm. We have different nationalities, so obviously. When you live in Italy, when you live in Estonia, you're dating probably the same nationality. But mm -hmm. here, you know, you don't know who you're going to end up, uh, you know, dating. So it might be a person from a different country. And then it's this borders and traveling and all of that kind of comes into the into the play. But yeah, I'm, I'm a novice to that over here. But uh, I hope I get more time dedicated to dating your sure. But do you see Marbella as a family destination? Would you raise your kids here? Do you see it as a family friendly place as well? I, I guess so. I mean, I, I don't know what it exactly what it entails. Mm -hmm. I guess that, you know, for people that I see with small mm -hmm. children, it's ideal. You know, you don't need to spend mm -hmm. an hour stuffing mm -hmm. into clothes and then getting them out from the clothes. Uh, but when it comes to schools and, mm -hmm. and that kind of network, um, I guess I had mixed, uh, mixed feedback. So mm -hmm. it really depends. Um, we'll see what, what, what to like the ring. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> excited for that. So. so, what would be the final advice to people who are looking to relocate to Marbella? What would you tell them? I mean, do your research and um, when you come, really embrace the Marbella lifestyle. It's, believe me, it's so much more than just Puente Romano and beach clubs and, mm -hmm. you know, having mimosas on Sunday mornings. <laughs> there is so much more beautiful things over here. Like I said, I'm rediscovering it myself because I almost feel like I just relocated here a few mm -hmm. years ago, although I've been here for ages. So, um, you know, give it your all and also be prepared for a different pace of life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the most like insightful and valuable feedback that I've gotten from friends who have recently relocated. They say, you know, that the pace of life here is just so different mm -hmm. compared to Tallinn or a bustling city, for example. So, you know, enjoy it. Take uh, take everything you can, network and uh, and enjoy. Yeah. Thank you, Greta. Thank you, Dennis, for having me. It was so nice to talk to you. I yeah. could talk to you for hours. Okay. <laughs> we will have to do a second episode. Well, anyway, mm -hmm. I wish you good luck with uh, with the podcast. And it's great that somebody's uh, talking a little bit more about the Mabea destination and lifestyle and giving the tips and tricks to people. So. Yes, thank you. Good and luck. you will you will read more about Gretel and her places and tips and podcasts and everything that she does from my blog. So visit my blog, tennisomer.com, and you can find everything there. So thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. This episode is brought to you by Summer Mood sustainable clothing that is comfy and chic. Visit the online shop summermood.com.